Mo Facts with Adam Curry for November 18th, 2019. This is episode number 15. And how are you doing, Mo? I am doing well, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well. Got a lot of great comments on the, the previous episode. I was uh, actually, that was one of our most listened to so far. So we, we hit a nerve somewhere. Oh, that's definitely good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want to take the opportunity to thank everybody who has been supporting the show under the Value for Value uh, system, which means you listen to the show. Did it provide any value in your life? If it did, all we ask is that you provide that uh, to us and you can find more information at the mofax.com website or go to mofundme.com, M-O-E, fundme.com. Nice and mellow music you got here, which you got to be careful of. I, I, I noticed YouTube uh, blocked the last episode because of, the, I guess, the track we use at the end. Yeah, there have been some buttholes about the track that we use at the end. Um, we gave credit. I don't understand what that issue is but it'll be back up soon i just haven't had a chance to go edit it um but there's always mofax.com to catch it there <laughs> that's right that's and right. your and your and your podcast uh, apps exactly um, and that's the, that's a great way to listen to the show it's got a podcast app if you got an iphone use the podcast app that comes with the iphone or you can get uh, I don't know, what is it, Google Play, Overcast? There's a ton of other uh, podcasts. That's the great thing about the podcast. It works on all these apps. Yes. So, All right. I kind of know a little bit about the topic for today because we did discuss it briefly, and I sent you a clip or two that you needed. So let's see what we've got in store today. Yes. So there was a New York Times article by Ms. Ferris Stockman, and let's just get right into... um, um before well before we get to the article um when i read the article i knew what it was when i started reading it yeah what was the title of this article what was it uh the title of the article um um why do I have it cut off <laughs> I've my stumped paper? him I I've stumped him <laughs> yes you stumped me um uh, i Actually, if you just want to play number four. Okay, we'll get to it right away. Her article titled, We're Self-Interested, The Growing Identity Debate in Black America. Why a movement that claims to support the American descendants of slavery is being promoted by conservatives and attacked on the left. All right. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and... uh, there was, yeah, there was, uh, I saw some tweets going back and forth. I saw Antonio Moore getting upset about it, or at least he had something to say. Maybe upset is the wrong term. So I'm it, very, very it curious. Worked, it worked perfectly as designed. And as I said before, I, I knew exactly what, I, what it was when I read it. And honestly, as, as I always do with these shows, I give a lot of thought if I want to cover a topic or not. And I was on the fence about this one because covering it in the wrong way could contribute to what the purpose of this um, article was about. And this purpose of this article was to cause dissension and be a tool of a similar system of COINTELPRO. And we'll get to that uh, definition that later, but there's... First of all, we need to go back and define 
racism and white supremacy. Can we do that? <laughs> okay. Is this a quiz okay. or do I do, do I just no, nod my a, head? It's a, it's <laughs> actually, Mr. Nilly Fuller, uh, we used his definition on a previous show, so we'll go there. Well, there's, we are on this system of white supremacy. That's the most powerful government that the world has ever seen, and that's the title of it, by the way. It doesn't go by any other title, even though we sometimes call it by other titles. But the accurate title for the government that we are under is, in capital letters, the system of white supremacy worldwide. It's just one world government, and that's the only government in town, the only government on the planet that really counts, that is worthy of having the title of government. Right, and this goes back a couple shows when we listened to this the first time. And uh, actually, yeah, that's actually a very good episode. People should check that out. We went in pretty deep with that. Yeah, so the reason why I did this is because Mr. Nilly Fuller is going to drop some more wisdom on us uh, to explain why uh, blacks hate on blacks. It's like on a slave ship, which is what the whole world is. See, if I'm the captain of the ship, I will come and look down the hatch. And I say, it's just about feeding time, but we don't have enough food because I'm going to see to it it's not enough food. But we got about 40 of them down there. So I'm going to throw just enough food down there for 20. That's how they do it. That's how they do it all over where we are, Georgia Avenue, wherever you find black people. That's how they do it. They hand out the goodies, but it ain't enough. And what's going to happen when you throw enough food for 20 people in the hold of a ship where it's 40 people. You've got a good fight going, right? That's why black people can't stand each other. Over a period of years, we spent all our time fighting each other for whatever is thrown down that hatch. And Massa up there on the deck is just cracking his side. Look out! Right. This this idea, of course, works with any group of people, um, except it's been systemic with black Americans. Yes, and um, as we see on any continent across the world, they'll have just enough resources to make the people native to that continent uh, fight over the resources that they throw throw out. Right. So this is exactly what this article was. It was enough attention thrown out, divided, to cause a fissure. In the there's there's some terms here we need to clarify. You have ADOS, right? You have FBA, which is foundational Black Americans, and do you have the the granddaddy of them all is the NBA, Native Black Americans? Oh wow, I had, I knew about FBA because that was that was the article, but uh, NBA right. was new to me. Okay, the the reason why NBA is not popular for for. The obvious reason it couldn't be <laughs> <It's> confusing. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and it couldn't be a hashtag or right, right. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, it's it, obviously it shares its initials with the National Basketball Association, so yes. it's just not so going to work. In uh, could be in, trademark. It could right. be trademark. Oh, yes, trademark. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So if you do hashtag NBA, you know, yeah, you got on some problems. Social media is. <laughs> It's gonna, I'm saying, it's gonna be uh, swallowed whole by the actual National Basketball Association. 
so with that said, if we can hear the headline of this article one more time, because when I read the headline, I said, oh, okay. Her article titled, We're Self-Interested, The Growing Identity Debate in Black America. Why a movement that claims to support the American descendants of slavery is being promoted by conservatives and attacked on the left. Okay. <laughs> now, this is how you and I met. You, know, you helped me get an understanding of ADOS or American descendants of slavery. So I was obviously interested in, in the topic, and I, I, kind of figured, I think I figured out the same thing you did as what was going on with this. Mm-hmm. So... One is why conservatives like it, why liberals don't like it, written from a liberal newspaper targeting liberal audiences, uh, left audience, left-leaning audience. Uh, the word, the word she used, claims. So I'm like, what, what's going on with this headline? Just off the gate. And I was like, I kind of eye-rolled it when I first saw it. But when you dive into the first paragraph, you get a hint of this. The first paragraph alone was pitting ADOS against immigrants. Here's the first paragraph. In Hollywood, Harriet Tubman is played in a new movie by a black British woman, oh, yeah. much to the annoyance of some black Americans. On the United States Census, an ultra-wealthy Nigerian immigrant and a struggling African-American woman from the South are expected to check the same box. When many American universities tout their diversity numbers, black students who were born in the Bronx and the Bahamas are counted as the same. A spirited debate is playing out in black communities across America over the degree to which identity ought to be defined by, Ameri- by African heritage or whether ancestral links to slavery are what should count most of all. Tensions between black Americans who descended from slavery and black immigrants from Africa and the Caribbean are not new, but a group of online agitators is trying to turn those disagreements into a political movement. Mm, okay. So here, here, right off the bat, <laughs> right. she leaves in with the Harriet Tubman movie, which was a uh, point of contention between... Oh, big controversy. Nat- big controversy. Between, between native blacks and uh, non-native blacks. I mean, so, one, we've seen a uptick, a major uptick, and non-native blacks getting cast to play roles representing native blacks. And I'm going to use that term native blacks from now on because of the whole divide between FBA and ADOS, the term I'm going to use, and that's it. that was the original term from the very beginning to identify black blacks of America. Um, so that's what I'm going to use for now, just so people don't get confused okay, when, when so, I say native blacks. All right, so you're using the the NBA, mm-hmm. <laughs> using the NBA <laughs> acronym uh, specifically because of the confusion between ADOS and FBA as riled up by the New York Times. Is that what I'm understanding? That, that is very correct. And is this some, now, does this mean that you no longer stand behind the ADOS brand, or is it just for purposes of this show? Well, that's the thing. ADOS is not a brand. ADOS is a lineage. 
And that I think if you everybody goes back and listen to my old shows and whenever I identify the ADOS, I say I am not of ADOS the group. I am ADOS by lineage. Got it. And and there's a big difference there. And and it's gonna be a huge part of this story, how this story caused the group and the lineage to go off the rails and created a bunch of tension between uh, just but in, in, um intertension, intragroup tension. Right. So, so the article, like I said, the article already starts pitting black immigrants against native blacks or ADOS, however you want to say it. And that, that was, was, you know, using this using this Harriet Tubman thing, right. and like you said, even even you knew about it. It crossed over the timeline. Yeah. Um, well, what, what's so inter- what's so interesting about it is, uh, whenever a non uh, trans person uh, is even cast in a role portraying a trans person, you know, the Twitter b- it blows up with outrage over, oh my God, why can't we use an actual trans person? And, you know, so there's all kinds of outrage about that across the board. But then when it comes to the Harriet Tubman movie, and there was a lot of shoulder shrugging going on was my feeling. And it's been done like that. Like I said, a lot of the movies uh, Jordan Peele makes, he's cast uh, uh, non-Native Blacks Mm -hmm. in the role of playing Native Blacks. I mean, this is a common occurrence. And then uh, let's just I'm gonna make a side note here. The Harriet Tubman movie was trash. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so I can't comment. I haven't either. I haven't either. <laughs> but the reason why I say that is I knew it was going to be trash because, one, just trauma-based uh, entertainment. Gotcha. Two, uh, two, from the reviews I've read, and I've read a whole host, they made the black male the enemy right so it was multifaceted uh, messaging in this particular movie which is kind of the point right we want to activate black women and uh shun the men <laughs> i've learned mo i pay attention all, <laughs> all of this is going up to 2020 yeah, this article course. is going up to 2020 and don't let it be lost on you that the very week this article dropped who said they were running for president Oh, yes. Um, uh, Duval. Uh, yeah. Pat, uh, Duval Patrick. Yeah, D- 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 Duval Patrick. Yes. That timing is not... <laughs> not I don't coincidental. Think it's, it, hmm. it's not coincidental. Interesting. And if you go back and listen to Obama saying, oh, hashtags is not activism. Right. Hello. <laughs> it was a setup. I believe so. Hmm. I, I, um. So... Just to give you an idea of the immigrant versus native black ADOS, you know what? I'm I'm not going to self-censor because I'm not going to let a group hijack my lineage. Now, they did. I have to give credit to Yvette and Tone Talks because they did coin a term. And since me and you have been talking, Mm -hmm. I've always given that credit because I was like, it was ingenious. It was an ingenious hashtag. It was an ingenious. uh, acronym because it rolls right off the tongue from just branding. Yes. Um, standpoint. Sima to MAGA. I mean, it, it's, it's genius 
and I, I don't want to link those two together, but just from the MAGA, it rolls off your tongue. ADOS, right. it rolls off your tongue. Sure does. Uh, it's like high-def DVD versus Blu-ray. <laughs> Blue, you're saying Blu-ray rolls right off the tongue, and I yeah. think that's part of the reason why they won the uh, the tech war between the two uh, two technologies. But, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But just to give you some context of um, the sh- shade, quote-unquote shade, that black immigrants have been throwing ADOS, we have Law Jamal. Ever since this whole, I was hearing about this whole ADOS, from the minute I heard about it, it was like a division. Yeah. There were, amongst black people. Yeah. It was a division. It seemed like some sort of, well... You're not American enough. Like, what's your lineage? Like, like uh, we had a, 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 a conversation about reparations and all this a while mm-hmm. ago on the Godcast, and Addos came up, and you know, you had some people. Well, I don't think Lord Jamal's Addos anyway, so you know, he's not going. Are, are you? Nothing. Are you Addos? Here's the thing. On my father's side, no. Okay, well, we trace back to Guyana. Okay. okay? Sure. Hmm. You know a guy is not ADOS when he pronounces it ADOS. So you you know he's he's already not in the loop as far as I'm concerned. It, right. And as you heard him say, well, not on my uh not on my father's side, I'm not ADOS. Right. And here's the thing. If you're not ADOS, you can have an opinion on it. I mean, everybody can have an opinion on anything, but you can't have any say so. But if, into- he, if if he's ADOS on his mom's side, that counts, does it not? Well, that's to be determined because on the next clip, he and just to give you, I'm saying the foreshadow, he says uh, he can't trace his mom's side. Ah, okay. So he doesn't know. So from his standpoint, he's questionably ADOS on his mom's side and not ADOS on his father's side. But they 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 use this word, oh, it's divisive. It's divisive. Yes, that's the whole point of adding the A on DOS because. In the show that you did prior to me contacting you, mm-hmm. you you used the term DOS. Right, and I'd probably pick that up somewhere if it's something I was reading. Right. There was no problem with that, but that was like part of the catalyst for me to write you and say that A is important. Yeah, that it, A... Go ahead. You know, I was going to say, it, it, it's, uh, it's very simple. Uh, we have lots of black immigrants, brown immigrants, uh, reddish brown, uh, dark black, all kinds of immigrants uh, who in America in general are seen as black. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. not the same as Americans who came here, who descended from, from slavery. You got a, a different credentials. And, and the, part, the whole uh, movement is based off trying to be repaid for services rendered. I'm going to use the original language I always use from America. Now, if you're from Jamaica, then you go to the country that held Jamaica. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you're from Haiti, you go to France. Right. And you hold France responsible. And the, and the thing is, is with ADOS, not the not ADOS group, but the people, if we were successful from getting reparations from america don't you think we would share that with other groups of people like this is the blueprint you know this is what we did but and i don't want to make make this very clear before we move on any further black immigrants have a large portion of black immigrants have been very supportive 
of the ADOS movement. We've called them allies. I mean, you, you, we've, we've discussed that before. <laughs> yeah. So it's only a certain group of people that, um, that have not been supportive. And I have my theories on why. Because if ADOS is made whole through reparations, then that ruins their claim of using victimization mentality mm-hmm. for getting to gain. Stuff. Yes. You see, you see, you you get what was you see what's happening here. They they're masking themselves in that victimization mentality to get things like uh, affirmative action and you know get to get ahead. But then once they well, it, all the it's, benefits it's, of it's it, even they, more, it's they, even it's even more cynical than that. The uh, mm-hmm. the powers that be in government, uh, they're the ones lumping. If Kamala Harris is a good example. They're the ones lumping it all together and saying, "Well, I, if you got a black skin color, it's your lucky day." But mm-hmm. all under the guise of reparations, uh, I think she's used the terms uh, explicitly. But mm-hmm. it's that's you know that you're talking about different con- different groups of people with different backgrounds, and ergo, particularly when it comes to slavery, different uh, possible um, remuneration. Yes. So let's get into the second uh, Lord, Lord Jamar Caleb. Caribbean, then South American. Yes. Oh, uh- Ghana is not, not it's Caribbean? It's Caribbean. It's in South America, but it, it's considered Caribbean in a way. Got it. It's one of yeah. the right. You know, whenever I, I go South to the, American the West Indian Day Parade, I'm pretty sure I see Guyana, Guyana flags Guyana flying around. Yeah. South America. <laughs> right. Um, just like you might see Honduras or something like that, oh, but that's all in South America. So anyway, um, now my mother is adopted, so I don't know her. Uh I still got to do some research on, on, you know what I mean? I actually yeah. discovered <laughs> one side of her father. Now I got to trace where his family's from. But I did the trace on my father's side. So on that side, no, I'm not Ados. It's possible I'm on my mother's side I am. But see, <laughs> again, that's some bullshit. Right, so according to Ados, you need to shut the fuck up. Or, or I might be hating on it because, well, I ain't going to get nothing. Right. You know, if we did get reparations, I'm not going to get nothing. So, you know, why would I care? Some sh- Wow, that, that shows the whole problem right there. Yeah. And you know what's funny? At the beginning of the clip, the interviewer, who is Vlad from Vlad TV, mm. he said, so you were from, um, uh, I think, well, he says Jamaica uh, to South America at a certain point. He's like, no, he said Ga- Ga- Guyana. So, Ga- Guyana. Guyana, yeah. So he said, yeah. So he said, no, 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 that's not Caribbean. That's South American. Oh, so you can make. <laughs> you can just determine stuff. <laughs> right. No, not even that, but you can make, um, uh, you know, correct people on saying, no, I'm not part of that group. I'm part of this group. Right. But if we do it, it's a problem. Yeah, quite hypocritical. And if you're going to have an opinion on ADOS, you might want to do the work on your mom's uh, side and not just say, yeah, I got to do that one day. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's just to give you the attitude, it's just, um, you know, like I said, a very large group of people have been supportive. You can, you can verify this. Uh, they have been allies because they understand what's at stake here. And we're we're all, I mean like I said we're we're not asking for a, hand, a handout. We made that clear. Um, I made that clear on previous shows. It's for services rendered and for non-Ados people, for non-Native Black people. 
the ones that don't feel like it's benefiting for them, there is have been a segment that have been very negative towards you. And we have seen that, you know, um, play itself out. So let's just continue on with um, ADOS versus immigrants. It goes on to say they want colleges, employers, and the federal government to prioritize black Americans whose ancestors toiled in bondage. And and they argue that affirmative action policies originally designed to help the descendants of slavery in America have largely been used to benefit other groups, including immigrants from Africa and the Caribbean. Right. This is this is the genesis of this show. Exactly. That's the argument. Okay. And so what's the problem? What's the, way, the, problem the way he was saying? reading, well, the way he was reading it, probably with the right tone for the New York Times, like, oh, look what they're doing. Oh, who do they think they are? Asking, de- determining who they are in background. Yes, and then when you see um, the 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 uh, percentage of academia that is uh, not uh, native black or ADOS, then you understand how these thought group, these think groups, and think tanks would be against ADOS. Sure. You know, it's like, how dare you cut off, you know, you know, the, the supply here. <laughs> we, we're coming in, we're masking, yeah, we're masking ourselves as, you know, as black, quote unquote black. And we didn't have, um, let's be clear, we didn't have this problem 50 years ago. Because when you said black 50 years ago, everybody knew. It meant black. Right. It meant ADOS. It meant native black. But as you have this increase, um, which is probably close to uh eighty twenty split now between ADOS being eighty percent and not ADOS being twenty percent and it's growing every every year. Mm-hmm. Now when you say black, it means something totally different. Uh and they like I said, groups like things like affirmative action, and that's what they're really pissed off about, is like, you know, how dare you, you know, uh uh be, put a uh, you know a barrier between us and the goodies that we get by by p- playing the role of a victim. What was the moment? And we may have covered this in a previous show. What was the moment when that really changed? When specifically affirmative action started to be used or offered, I should say, to uh, non ADOS groups. I want to say in the 1960s, 1970s. I mean, oh, well, affirmative on. action was broken from the very beginning because yeah. it opened itself up to minorities. Right. So, yeah, so minority okay. could mean it could mean really anything. And that way, I use an analogy that we kicked the door open and then held it open for everybody else <laughs> while they while they went in. And yeah. now that we're saying no, nah, we don't want to hold the door no more. Now everybody got their panties in the bunch. Right. So right because um, it, 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 people don't even think about the the genesis of affirmative action because it was broken from the get go. So it's we've got a lot of undoing to do, I guess. Yes. So, um, so we're going to get into ADOS versus immigrants versus Tariq. Now the next paragraph says. The film producer Tariq Nasheed is among the outspoken defenders of the idea that the American descendants of slavery should have their own ethnic identity. Quote, every other group when they get here goes out of their way to say, I'm Jamaican, I'm Nigerian, I'm from Somalia, he said. But when we decide to say, okay, we are a distinct ethnic group, people look at that as a negative. 
This year, responding to requests for, quote, more detailed, disaggregated data from our diverse American experience, the Census Bureau announced that African Americans will be able to list their origins on census forms for the first time instead of simply checking black. Oh, meanwhile, everyone was arguing about uh, gender, <laughs> whatever, mm-hmm. whatever we would argue. But the, the important questions are in there now. Yes. So I'll be able to list um, a, a black origin American. Uh, so if they want to claim their origin, then you have a clear identifier. Right. So if we go back and start recalculating how we do um, a firm action, we say, well, and I, I, we had this conversation before, but I don't think affirmative action is done the right way because one, it lowers the standards. I don't agree with that, but I think it should. Should I mean, if you're going to say we're going to have, in the current way it's set up, if you're going to say we're going to have X amount of spots set aside for uh, Native Blacks, then that cuts them out the deal. Right. If you want to mark where you're correctly from, and this is where this is where the real rub comes at, okay. but. Let's not ignore something here in this last clip. They t- they mentioned Tariq Nasheed first. Tariq Nasheed is not one of the original um creators of ADOS. Right. And when I read this, I said that's going to be a problem. Hmm. And that was very that was done from my standpoint strategically. Now, this, this is like this isn't one of those examples where like people uh, say Ricky Gervais is the pod father and and not Adam Curry. Is it? It's not possible. This is that. exactly exactly the case. Because <laughs> I tell you that doesn't it never felt good to me. So, right, so see. you can you can identify with it, like yes. yeah, you know, like, created yes. a uh, podcast and uh, you know, and then they have you listed way down in the article as you know, just just a guy, you know, yeah, uh, well <laughs> involved it, it, in it. I guess my point is. It's also because you you say, well, it seems by design could be, uh, but I'm just taking the other side saying I think it's just dumb. The idiots, the, the, the journalists are not great all the time. So it could also just be, oh, this guy seems to be the mouthpiece right now. I'll put him at the top. That, that's my point. That's oh, the problem. Gotcha. That is the exact problem. You're working close with, I mean, for you to use the hashtag ADOS, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you list the, because here's the thing, I'm looking at the structure of the article right now. So they mentioned Tyreek, they mentioned his quote, and then the very next paragraph is where they mentioned the, the two founders of ADOS. Gotcha. That seemed very fishy to me. Why won't you just switch it around? And it's your your article doesn't lose any uh, any meaning. But if we're set out to what Neely Fuller said, throw food down for twenty when you got forty people down there. Here, here it is. Exactly. Here it is. Throw the steak down and watch them watch them brawl for it. Yeah. And I knew when I read this article and the order of that, I was like, why did? Just knowing being intimate with the uh with the whole situation, I'm like, why did they mention him first? And but he has been he has the larger platform. He has been 
supportive of ADOS, the, the hashtag, so people identify him with the group. And uh, the the, uh, the writer, Ferris Stockman, who wrote this mm-hmm. article, what do we know about Ferris Stockman? Well, I'm glad you asked that because that's a very interesting thing. One, she's racially ambiguous. <laughs> what does that you look at her? What does that mean? <laughs> that <laughs> means when you look at her, you she could be Latino, she could uh, be mixed, she okay. could be whatever. I mean, what I mean by that is it's not clearly it's not clearly identified, right? Um, right. And right. I couldn't find exactly where she identified as anything. But one, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, one thing I did identify with is she did a lot of teaching abroad in Kenya. Hmm. Which goes maybe leans towards why she's being so um, supportive of the non-native black uh, struggle against ADOS. Right. Just, just a thought. Yeah, she was uh, in Kenya from 97 to 2000. Yes. And uh, she served as a school teacher in Kenya for two years. And then she started. Oh, and then she set up a non-governmental organization. OK, that's something I should look into. And that's when she started. <laughs> it's always, and that's when she started uh, writing for the New York Times. And interesting, I see that uh, there was another article uh, deciphering ADOS, a new social movement or online trolls, which came out November thirteenth. Mm-hmm. This so, is right after this one. Gotcha. Okay, just a data point. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. So just the, just a little background, but like I said, that order of who was mentioned first. It seems petty, uh, but as you said, it, it 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 rubs you the wrong way when another person is mentioned. It does as the founder of podcasting, you know, or the pod father, or whatever you, you know, say. However, you want to identify yourself. I don't want to identify you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Don't uh, misgender uh, me, bro. Yeah, I don't want to miss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, now so now we're getting to the good part. Um. Insurgents. The article goes on to say the goal of ADOS's two founders, Antonio Moore, a Los Angeles defense attorney, and Yvette Carnell, a former aide to Democrat lawmakers in Washington, is to harness frustrations among black Americans by seizing on the nation's shifting demographics. Embracing their role as insurgents, Mr. Moore and Ms. Carnell held their first national conference in October and have made reparations for the brutal system of slavery upon which the United States was built, a key tenet of their platform. Wow, insurgents, what an interesting uh, choice of, uh, <laughs> of term, because insurgent almost to me, you know, an insurgent is like a terrorist. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, you know, when you hear that word, you think uh, roadside bombs. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's just the mental uh, picture that you get when you hear insurgents. And then when you go to the previous uh, paragraph, it says, um, uh, what did it say? Um, they're, they're trying to harness the frustration among black Americans. And then you go down to the next paragraph and you say insurgent. Yeah. So insert. In fact, I, I just uh, took a look. This is what we heard for years in Iraq. If there was an IDE, a roadside bomb, 
any type mm-hmm. any type of uh, attack against uh, the Allied troops there, it always was written in the news as insurgents detonated a bomb. Insurgents, it's insurgents, insurgents, insurgents. So it's kind of mm-hmm. uh, that's the connotation. That's and the New York Times would use that word in that context. So that's interesting. Yes. So for the people out there that would love a formal definition of insurgency, we have that for you. Insurgency is a rebellion against a constituted authority when those taking part in the rebellion are not recognized as belligerents. It is the organized use of subversion and violence to seize, nullify or challenge political control of a region. As such, it is primarily a political struggle, in which both sides use armed force to create space for their political, economic, and influence activities to be effective. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> That's, yeah, so using that term in this context is is off. Now, let go, let's go back to that previous uh, um, uh, two paragraphs. It says, um, oh, with the actual paragraph, it says, embracing their roles as insurgents, Mr. Moore and Mr. Car- Mrs. Carnell held their first national conference. So your mental image is a bunch of black insurgents, yeah, getting together, holding, the, you know, what I'm saying, holding the conference, it's like the Panthers, man. Yeah. Hmm. And and just imagine if. Now, see, and then this is why I say that people piss on native black people. Imagine if she used this language speaking on uh, care. Oh, <laughs> you mean the uh, Council of American Islamic Relations? Yes. Oh, yeah, be a huge problem. She'd be fired. Yeah. Oh, yes. See, yes, yeah, yeah, you, absolutely. You see what I'm saying? I mean, like, now it's like, hey... <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and, it, and it only occurs once in the article, but it literally says embracing their role as insurgents. I mean, that's a very liberal uh, def- definition. Uh, and she does she does this with definition, quote, so uh, quote unquote definitions of word. Well, we all know words change. Too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, oh, okay, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't get the didn't get the memo because you can still look it up on uh, on any dictionary online, and it says a rebel or re- revolutionary attack by armed insurgents, as an example. Yeah, and violence uh, is, is almost always a part of insurgency. Yes. Hmm. So then you follow that up with Ados being like Trump. Their movement has also become a lightning rod for criticism on the left. Its skepticism of immigration sometimes strikes a tone similar to that of President Trump. Now, once again, did she make that statement as an opinion? Did she just phrase that sentence as an opinion? Its skepticism of immigration sometimes strikes a tone similar to that of President Trump and the group has fiercely attacked the Democratic Party, urging black voters to abstain from voting for the next Democratic presidential nominee unless he or she produces a specific economic plan for the nation's ADOS population. Such tactics have led some to accuse the group of sowing division among African-Americans and engaging in a form of voter suppression, (laughs) not unlike the voter purges and gerrymandering efforts pushed by some Republicans. You are a bastard, Mo. I can't believe what you're doing. 
You're trying to subvert the Democratic Party. You're threatening them. I <laughs> well, it's a lot. It's, and I hate this word, but it's a lot to unpack there, um, Mr. Curry. <laughs> yes, there um, is. Let's see. So you said we were insurgents, i.e., terrorists. Then you move from there to being like Trump, which we all know Trump supporters are like terrorists and <laughs> violent. Well, interestingly enough, they're also white supremacists, so welcome to the party. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I like uh, and the group yeah, has we, um, and the group has fiercely uh, attacked the Democratic Party, urging uh-huh. black voters to abstain from voting, which is true, but I don't know about the fiercely attacking bit. And it says it's skepticism of immigration. Here's the thing. ADOS has been against illegal immigration. And see, they do this and they conflate these things. All the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. No problem with uh, illegal immigrants. You got here. You did your paperwork right. You came here. You know, you went through the proper channels. The problem is illegal immigration directly undercuts and becomes competition with poor blacks in America. And that's the problem. And the way this is written um you could interpret it multiple ways which is i think it's a trick that 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 a, a writer at the times would do so i'll read the line again it's skepticism mm-hmm. of immigration now you can interpret that as all kinds of stuff uh it could also be the skepticism of immigration because there's so much illegal immigration but it doesn't say that it's skepticism mm-hmm. of immigration sometimes strikes a tone similar to that of president trump which in essence is probably true because Trump talks about illegal immigration. It's just it's not specifically laid out in the article, so it's chicken shit, really. Yep. So then moving on down, it says, urge black voters to abstain from voting uh, for the next Democratic uh, presidential nominee, which I have been a big supporter of. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, if somebody doesn't give you the option not to vote, then you don't have an option. Um... So that's that's where the real um, real issue comes in with this whole, and this is what this whole it, this is what this whole article is about. Twenty twenty. Uh, then they go down to the next paragraph. It says such tactics have led to accuse the group of sowing division amongst African Americans and engaging in a form of voter suppression. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, not unlike voter purges and gerrymandering. How the hell can we gerrymander? I mean, <laughs> not unlike you're you're drawing uh, lines in the districts. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what that means. That's uh, that's a stretch. So th- this is what this is this is what this like I said. I know I'm saying that a lot, but this is what this whole article is about: is to really shame black people. Like, oh, you know, you uh, if you don't vote, you're gonna let Trump win. Yeah, and, you know he's the boogeyman. You know he's the big bad Klansman. You and, know, I and mean, now, that's, and now that's look the, at look at these blacks. They're on his side. That's even worse. That, I mean, just just associating this group with Trump is enough. I mean, that's <clears> enough <throat> for the for the New York Times reader and the elites of of America to decide right then and there. Ados equals Trump equals bad. Yes. So um, let's get into the next clip. 
Serene Mitchell, the founder of Stop Online Violence Against Women, has been embroiled in an online battle with ADOS activists for months. Ms. Mitchell contends that the group's leaders are, quote, using reparations as a weapon, end quote, to make Mr. Trump more palatable to black voters. Others have pointed out that Ms. Carnell once appeared on her YouTube channel in a Make America Great Again hat. <laughs> it's proof. So she did appear on her channel with a Make America Great Again hat. But if this reporter had done her homework, it was as a joke. But this has become a meme. It's become one of those things where if you say it enough, it's true. Yeah, you got to be you know, careful. It doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't matter what the truth is. We got you with a MAGA hat on. So you're saying you're you're in with the um, the alt-right. Yeah. Um. So another thing she points out here, she says using reparations as a weapon. Now, nobody has a problem when people use immigration as a weapon. They say, uh, if you don't support immigration, we won't support you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> APAC uses their, I mean, no, I mean, it's politics. That's how politics works. You know, I won't vote for you. You won't have my support. We'll get you out of office. We'll run against you in the primaries. You know what I mean? That's, that's how politics work. Yeah, but, but it's like what, yeah, clearly ADOS are not obedient. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. Get back in your hole. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Well, and this quote is uh, from Miss uh, Shireen Mitchell. Does that name ring a bell to you, sir? Shireen Mitchell. Um, not offhand. Well, Miss Shereen Mitchell had a talk with uh, Miss Joy Reid. Oh, yes. I know who this is. Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> Straight into it. Shall we go? Shall we have some yeah. fun? Yeah. Um, they appear to yes, be a, a, a human, but they don't. They have a big gap, as, as Adam just said, in the times that they've tweeted. And they tweet you. Should you respond to them? Generally, no. I mean, off the back, you should stay back and just sort of watch their engagement, how many times they're tweeting, what they're tweeting about, and even the topics in particular. And a lot of the ones that are pretending to be black people and black women in particular who are focusing on black identity have these sort of aspects in the ways that they're talking about language. Uh, if we saw the other day, there was an account that was uh, supposed to be for black supporting um, Howard Schultz. Uh, that account was eventually pulled down, but that was a, a prime example of someone trying to mimic uh, support from the black community for a particular candidate. So these kinds of things that are happening at this moment, we have to pay a little bit more close t- attention to it because there is nuance. But there are also identifying factors. For example, right now from the black identity framework, there's a new sort of uh, hashtag and or uh, identity that's in their bios called ADOS or DOS, which is standing for Descendants of Slaves. Well, that's wrong. And also, what she's she's from Stop Online Violence Against Women. And yes. why is she speaking on this topic? Well, she's uh, the black bot lady. Oh. <laughs> oh, she's the black bot lady. Okay, can we play it? Yeah, yes. 
So it's the indication that they are they are someone who was born and you know as as a descendant in the United States who is representing Black America and has the the the, the vernacular and the language uh, that people would believe is, is someone who's a part of our community who's either debating about Camilla or debating about Booker because that's who just announced and and trying to say we know who's the most uh, you know who's who's Black in America and 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 making sure that they are you know sort of talking in this vernacular that makes it look like that they are in are support. Black American. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I, mean I, I did see a huge uptick in bot activity when it came to when Kamala Harris announced. It's like it, it just dropped like a bomb. It just happened really quickly. And she was Please. accused of being not a re, not really black. Not, a not really black. She's, she's like, and and that kept recruiting. going. You could, you could see that happening. But actually, there was an uptick of those bots just before she was uh, about to announce. So they were preparing for her announcement. I love Joy Reid, who's like, oh, I noticed all these bots. No, you did not. You don't notice any of that. These are real people. And it's amazing that uh, Miss Farrah uh, Stockman didn't ask Miss Shereen Mitchell about her black bots comment. Uh, Are we black bots now? Uh, uh, You shouldn't be afraid of bots not voting, right? Yeah. You, you, You see what I'm saying? So, no, she brings her up. She mentioned to her how, you know, we're using reparations as a weapon, uh, yeah. making Trump more palatable to the black voters. But she didn't ask her about her black box comment that she made on Joy Reid's uh, um, uh, sure. show. No, in fact, the article just says uh, that she has been embroiled. Yeah, Shereen Mitchell, founder of Stop Online Violence Against Women, has been embroiled in an online battle with the ADOS activists for months. She's battling bots, Mo. She's very brave. Miss <laughs> Mitchell contends that the group's leaders are using reparations as a weapon. So, yeah, so, of course, why would the New York Times call her out on that? That makes no sense. And where is she but from? Why? Where is she from? Shereen Mitchell. There's not much on, uh, there's not much about her on the Wikipedia. All right. But why are you so worried about bots? Bots don't vote. Well, you, 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 because of the division the bots were, were sowing uh, in the community uh, to uh, move people, black people, away from supporting Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. That's that's what I, the way I understood it. And, and Kamala Harris. Uh, uh, I like it. Kamala Harris. That's her new Kalama. name. Kamala Harris. That's her new name. I'm, I'm all in. Kalama. I'm in for Kamala. Uh, yeah, so uh, Kamala Harris' uh, takedown was the shot across the bow. That's when they really saw these people are serious. Yeah. Uh, to take down a, uh, w- considered to be a leading, because uh, you know how they classify their candidates over there at the Democratic Party. Yes. Uh, she was one of the leading Democrats. Yes. And she was completely deflated in a matter of days. And I'm as soon as she I'm, came out, I'm surprised that the article doesn't mention that Ados uh, successfully beat Kamala Harris down to three percent in the polls. You know, these are very dangerous Adosers. They, but anyway, missed opportunity, I think. So, um, as we know, Miss Marianne Williamson, she had uh, the ear of Ados, and Ados had her ear. Um, but it's a clip that I had and I, I didn't, it was one of those clip slips and I uh, made mention of it, but when I went back and listened to it, it had a totally different context now. Um, she's going to lay out 
the step-by-step plan of how you kind of, well, I'll let her explain it. There was a moment last night that seemed like you were going almost, you were going at it with Don Lemon. Um, He posed a question to you about reparations. What was going through your mind when he asked you this question? Well, how diminishing can he be? What makes you qualified to determine a number? You know, there's this political class. It's like a Wizard of Oz type of thing. Only they know, you know, it's like something's going on behind the curtain. A lot of people have serious conversations about what's going on in this country, not just a bunch of TV pundits and and politicians. So, and I, it was so diminishing. What makes you qualified to do math? There's a certain you know, strain of officialdom. So at first it was like, we won't take her seriously. She's not there. Uh, Then, okay, she's there, but she's a joke. She's a looney tune. And now they've gotten to a phase of, well, she'll never win the nomination, but we should probably listen to her because she has some really important things to say. Okay. So the step-by-step she laid out about how they attacked her. Yeah. They did the same thing to ADOS. One, they're not there. Yep. You know, they're bots. Then they're Looney Tunes. Two, they're a joke. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, well, they got real power. We got to listen to them. It's the same as that step by step. And when I heard it, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, this is a system. (laughs) This this is a real system. And then my brain got to going. Um, If there's a system... As Mr. Neely Fuller said, there is a system and it controls the world. But let's listen to him uh, talk about that system. And all he got to do is step on my foot and he got a fight going. Now I got to go get my brothers and my gang and whatnot. See, and the white supremacists say, these people don't even know how we do what we do. That's why we are masters of the world. <laughs> so. We we figured out how they do what they do, and how they do what they do used to be called COINTELPRO. So COINTELPRO was this system of uh, counterintelligence, uh, still for counterintelligence program. It was ran by one Mr. Hoover, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, um, FBI to be specific, F- for the FBI, and uh, this is the, the to me. When I read this article, it may not be specifically COINTELPRO, but it smacked of the the same kind of uh, methodology behind it. We know the government watches us, but what about when government surveillance changes the course of history? In the 1960s, the U.S. government started a program called COINTELPRO, or the Counterintelligence Program. The program was a series of secret FBI initiatives targeting activists, political, and minority groups. The American Indian Movement, the Black Panthers, Martin Luther King, women's and civil rights groups, Vietnam War protesters, and anyone who got the government seeing red. Tactics used included infiltration and surveying and discrediting leaders and causes in order to undermine entire movements and organizations. But a lot of what COINTELPRO did was illegal, and it was officially disbanded in 1971. Though if you ask many activist groups and political dissidents, it still exists, just in another form. Okay. Um, hmm. 
I'm very, so I'm very, it, I'm very familiar with this. I didn't realize that it was uh, they stopped it in 1971. And was this? Uh, did that have anything to do with the Smith Munt Act, by any chance? I'm, I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, that, that I'm not sure. I'm, I'm familiar with the Smith Munt Act, but I, I'm not sure if that that went hand in hand. Okay. But as Mr. Neely Fuller said two clips ago, they understand the powers that be understand. And you see, you, we saw it in Venezuela. We see it all over the world. They'll empower one leader against the established leader and then let them fight it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was alluding to when I said they mentioned Tyreek Nasheed first before mm-hmm. they actually mentioned the co-founder, I mean, the co-founders of ADOS. I was like, I mean, when you see these things, it's a pattern. They do the same thing. It's like, um, so when I saw, I was like, this is going to be a problem. The, but my worst fears came true. Um, Tyreek Nasheed and Tone Talks took the bait and it started with, uh, a Tyreek Nasheed tweet. Trump is actually talking about providing specific tangibles to foundational black Americans, yet the Democrats who black Americans have been so naively loyal to are adamant about not doing anything specific for black Americans. So why should we honestly support the Democrats? This is in response to Trump saying, we created 9,000 opportunity zones, 8 million in and uh, 8 million African-Americans live in opportunity zones, yet every Democrat voted against giving these black citizens the future they deserve. The Democrat, the, the Republicans got it passed. So Tyreek Nasheed made a tweet. Uh, he, well, he retweeted a Trump tweet, uh, kind of like supporting Trump. But Trump's tweet included the mention of opportunity zones, mm-hmm. which... Opportunity Zone, as I stated on the show myself, is a sticking point for me. Uh, the, jur- because- the jury's out for me as well, and, you know, because I live in an Opportunity Zone. So I'm curious to see uh, how it's doing for poor people. Yeah, so it's just on the surface level, it has been branded as bla- as bad for black people. Yeah, I don't know. Because of just, just I'm saying, on the, on, in, the, in the, when you hear that term now, in the uh, ADOS circles, uh, what you want to say, the woke circles, mm-hmm. is synonymous with uh, gentrification. Yeah. Now we have to, like I said, it's, it, it, it's, it's very nuanced, but for him to retweet that, I knew there was going to be pushback uh, for him doing that. With I'm sorry, with, what, now, let me be clear. We're talking about intra-group conflict. Yeah. So at this point, ADOS, Native Black, Foundational Black, everybody was on the same page, right? Mm-hmm. Post the article, we started seeing fractures happen. And it was happening immediately. Um, so Tyreek Nasheed makes this tweet that was read by Yvette Carnell, just for, uh, just for full disclosure. Uh, which is the founder of uh, ADOS, the group. Um, and so uh, Tone Talks replies to Tyreek's tweet. 
I'm seeing this thing and I responded to Tariq and I said, this is not real politics. Trump performed one of the most regressive tax cuts in American history that left the cupboard bare for any type of major program that would have cost similar uh, to reparations. You cannot say this without recognizing that fact. Mm, okay. So let me, so let me, now- just, let me just hear what he, what he said was that the opportunity zone, the uh, the amount of money that's involved, that that could have just been used for reparations for ADOS. Is that what he's saying? I'm thinking he said I, where I interpreted it was it doesn't compare. Okay, because here's the thing. Oh yeah, about uh, yeah. The, you, it, so it, in other words, that's not reparations. Nice, yeah. Well done. Might work. Who knows? Jury's out. But at, uh, reparations, no. So. Inside baseball here. Anything that can be used to needle the Democrats, Native Blacks are willing to use. Mm -hmm. Because those are the people that have taken us for granted for so many years, taken our vote for granted for so many years. What needs to happen is it needs to be parity created between the two parties. You bring them on the same level and then you say, okay, compete for our vote. Democrats, do you need our vote? Do you want to take Trump out of office if he's uh, uh, threatening the, uh, what, what's the word they like to use? Threatening D- democracy. The, you know, our democracy. Yeah, threat, yeah right. If you threaten <laughs> our democracy, hey, this, this, this reparation seems like a good deal to get him out of there. What's up? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then on the other hand, it's like, hey, Trump, you know what I'm saying? You know, if you want to lock up this uh, 2020 vote, what's up? Yeah. Or... Neither one of you want to do anything. We're going to sit on the sideline and let you guys figure it out. That's how politics works. That's that's uh, that's how people get votes. Sure, that's on code, but people are going off code. <laughs> Every word matters at this moment. Part of the reason that we're talking voting down ballot Democrat is to make it clear that we're not a right wing propaganda tool. Because right now the four D's come into in, into play dismiss divide destroy you know they're trying to they're they're essentially trying to try to gut us and call us right wing when actually we're just demanding a black agenda so as a result we can't give any fuel to the fire and i i think it's what i'm seeing right now is an inability to really understand how important that is imagery how important it is to cast this thing as what it is we're we're look Black folks since 74 have voted 90% Democrat. Black folks. Uh, when you look at Latinos in the last election, 65% of Latinos voted for, for uh, the Democrats, 35% voted for Trump. When you look at whites since 74, their rate of vote for the, the Republicans has been over 50%. And for the Democrats, it's been like 40%. The Democratic Party is our party. The problem is that we haven't called on them with the specific black agenda and demanded of them what they owe us. You don't walk away from what they what somebody owes you and say it's because they don't want to recognize you without making without making a haymaker of a case. And that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Skirt, skirt, hit the brakes. Right. We were all on code here. If nobody puts anything on the table, you're not getting our vote. And even certain segments are saying, 
if the Democrats aren't willing to put anything on the table, we will vote for Trump. Just to show the Democrats we're not playing, right? right. That that that's that was the code, right? Mm-hmm. And then ADOS, the group. Now this is where it becomes a lineage, which you can't be born in, and I mean you can't be in or out of the group. You're born into it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born ADOS, mm-hmm. just for the sheer fact of who my parents were and who their parents were, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're creating it, turning, making a group, a political group. And you're saying we're going to vote down ticket Democrat? No. And like I said, this is, I'm not picking sides in this situation because one thing you know about me, Adam, I made it very clear. I don't do groups. (laughs) No, that's correct. The reason why I don't do groups is this very case right here. Because groups change. And now you've, I've lumped myself in with this group and now you've done a pivot. No, we're not voting down ticket anything because that's a that's a trick in itself. Because yeah. the reason why I say that is, how does the average American vote straight ticket? Yeah, it's a Republican Democrat done. You're not going to sit there and check the average person. Not going to sit. Oh, I'm not going to vote for president, but I'm going to go check. You saying everybody else, the judge and mm. senators, mm. and no, you're going to go in there. You're going to put push one button or the other button, right? Pretty much. So this is. A, I took this as a trick. I took it as an insult on my intelligence because it was very clear we're not, if nothing, tan, and it's the word we use, tangible. Uh, yes, we were going to use reparation as a weapon the same way immigration is used. Mm-hmm. It, we might not get immigration. You know, um, uh, immigrant, immigrant uh, activist groups might not get open borders, but they're like, what do you got for me? What can we get? We can get DACA. Okay, we'll, we'll, you know what I'm saying sure. you get every, our vote. Every, every, yeah, everybody wants something. Absolutely, right. So it's a le- it's a it's a it's a um it's used for leveraging. So maybe you couldn't do a dot. I mean, you couldn't do reparations, but you could say, well, we can do A, B, and C, and then we see your next election. So that's 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 kind of tangible. You know what I'm saying? That was, you know, I mean, that, that feel I could feel it. You know, I could I could I could touch it. It's real, mm. and we could talk. But nobody's put anything on the table, and now all of a sudden, as we get closer to 2020, you have ADOS, the group, and let me be clear here, ADOS, and that's now now it's foreshadowing to why I said I'm going to go by NBA now, mm-hmm. because now you've done something weird here. Um, it, now if I say ADOS, that means something totally different, uh, and. Tyreek Nasheed replies back and he makes the point of politics versus lineage. My position and everybody, ADOS is a lineage, but then it's also created by a movement of politics, a very succinct politics around the black agenda and reparations. Okay, so right there, it's a, okay, it's a lineage, but it's a movement based around politics, so it's a political group, brother. Okay, okay, well say that. Let me get it back to me. See, this is what I'm saying. Don't say that and just be very upfront with it. This is a political group that they have that they've named the same thing so that it could be conflated. That's him saying it's a lineage, but it's also this political thing, too. So it's a group that they've conflated with the lineage. So when you speak about the lineage, by proxy, you're speaking about the group and you're bigging the group up. It's two things. That's very deceptive. That's very deceptive. 
That's deceptive. You ain't talking about lineage no more. So if a person out here just saying, yeah, I'm ADOS, and you thinking, okay, I'm just supporting a lineage, and then they're using that, Tony Nivet, well, that's, that's a member, of, that's, he's in my group. That's my group member. I'm the leader of. You understand? We're a lineage. You telling me who to vote for. Yeah, in, a, in an interesting way, this parallels the, um, the 2008 Tea Party, who were not necessarily a lineage, but there was a foundational set of beliefs, and it was Ron Paul who, uh, who started that, who, who ran that, and through very similar tricks, um, that whole group was co-opted. And it was turned into something, in fact, it was turned into something so nutty that Ron Paul left. <laughs> he left his own group, you know, because it, it, it did turn into just a political entity and all kinds, and it happens all the time. Other actors come in and, you know, then the group morphs and changes. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough doing that. So there is a def- definite parallel between uh, the Tea Party and, um, between the Tea Party and ADOS, because this is how it becomes with, from grassroots to astroturf, right? And like, like I said, I'm I'm off the boat. I can't I, I can't do this. And I think other people picked up on it. And I'm not picking sides because one, these conversations should have been had behind the scenes. They should have sit down in the room together, had a conversation and not had it out over social media. So I, I, I don't like how either one of these gentlemen handled it. I think they both have something to add because Tone has great data. He does the research. And I think Tyreek has a certain... Flair. Uh, char- yeah, charisma. I was mm-hmm. going to use... Char- yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you add those two together, it's value adding. Right, but it doesn't sound like they have the same agenda. Well. And when you start talking about voting and nobody can see what, what, I mean, my question is, show, well, you say you have data, right? That's your thing, data. Where is the data to say for me to vote? Mm. You know, where, where, show me the impact. And when I cast my vote in four years, I'll see a direct impact, right? Yeah. Um, so then I ask myself, God, Yvette and Tone have put so much work into this, this you know, this movement. Um, they've never really called it a group before, but now it's starting to look like a political group. What changed? Oh, the only thing I can think of would be money. CRA 1866. CRA 1866. In four days, in four days, Donald Trump will walk into the Supreme Court to scale back the Civil Rights Act of 1866. Okay, hold on a second. Now, I do know that there was something about the Civil Rights Act, but that was more in regard to, believe it or not, uh, trans people. <laughs> so I'm not sure what else was changed. This is new to me. It's a surprise to me. What, what is changing with the CRA? What happened? That's the Byron Allen thing. Oh. Oh, his, his lawsuit because he's not being carried by uh, the big cable companies. Mm-hmm. 
okay. All right. And Byron Allen and Tone Talks have been real buddy buddy. Ah, Byron Allen stepping into the uh, onto the stage. Yes. Huh. So that's the only thing I can see that has changed. Like I said, I've seen um I guess I saw the warning signs, but I always give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh I'm always very careful about how I cast things. Because I don't want I, I want to be a part of the solution, not the problem. But when I saw a Democratic candidate start talking with this group, I'm like, wow, like that's cool. But how that relationship happened? I always, I mean, say so I had to ask this question: How did it happen? Yeah. Then I, when I see a, a Killer Mike sit down, who was a big representative of Bernie Sanders, sits down, talks with Tones, talk Tones, talk. It's like, I'm starting to see you surround yourself with a lot of politics. Yeah. And then Byron Allen, he came in and was like, oh, well, this ADOS thing is really, you know what I'm saying, got legs. Maybe I can use them to support my, my, um, right. movement. Right. So let me just, ex- agenda. let me just explain the, I don't know if you have that here. I don't think so. The, uh, the, no, By- the, the Byron Allen case is very interesting. Uh, he has a number of uh, television channels, I think we should call them, um, mm-hmm. and they're very black-oriented, uh, music and cooking and you know, real lifestyle-type challenges. And uh, Comcast, uh, the, the, you know, one of the largest cable companies in the country, hasn't been carrying them. And uh, Byron Allen said, well, you have to because you're – violating the civil rights act uh, based on uh based on race you're you're discriminating against me based on race so just a, a headline uh, from fortune magazine from five days ago comcast is challenging a 153 year old law that protects against racial discrimination we can't let that happen writes Derek johnson uh so so this is a and this is the supreme court so this is going this is all the way to the top and they're going to challenge i'm not i had, i'm not completely familiar with the case, but they're going to challenge his claim uh, that his 100% African-American owned uh, cable channel is being uh, rejected despite uh, Comcast carrying white owned channels with similar audience sizes. Mm -hmm. So that's the basis of the, of the, of the case. So I'm just going to motive. And like I said, I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody, but I'm starting to see it's like, where are where where's what am I getting from my vote? I'm very self or uh, self uh, oriented and self focused. Where what what does it do for me? And I think if everybody voted that way, then you'll get the government oh. to represent. Well, the the message is clear, Mo. You're going to get some cool cooking shows. <laughs> 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 that's <laughs> hey you know there's there's worse ways to, to get people to vote vote for me and we'll give you better tv shows <laughs> it's the so, american way <laughs> so as i look at this i can't really support ados the group anymore mm-hmm. now native black issues uh and i want you to turn foundational black American because then that seems counter ADOS the group. Right. 
Which I have to be fair, Tariq Nasheed has said, I am, I'm not a leader. I'm not creating a political group, you know. But I don't want to be caught in the middle of it. So I'm careful, like I said, to be aligned with groups. And then the other thing dangerous about the group is if you start calling this a political group, right? Mm. And we go back and you start using words like insurgent. Yeah. Then you start getting on lists. Yes, you do. That's exactly right. It's very dangerous. With that said, this is where we go back. There's always a portion of the show that we have to go back in time. Got to go back, back, to, back to school. Back to school. W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. One of the first moments where Du Bois comes onto the national stage uh, is the brewing controversy uh, between his ideas about racial progress and how to move the race forward and the leading African-American figure of that time period, the late 19th and early 20th century, Booker T. Washington. Beginning, they agreed on many points about the importance of education and moving the race forward. It turns out, though, that because Du Bois was northern born and had access to some of the best schools in New England and really was encouraged to think broadly, it's been part of his elite graduate education being trained in Berlin, working with Max Weber. By contrast to Booker T. Washington, who was self-educated, a very gifted and talented man, uh, but he was born as a slave. That fundamental difference certainly shaped their sense of change over time. Hmm. So here we have two like-minded individuals for the most part of what was good for black people. And all of a sudden, they start having varying ideas. Mm. Now, we've spoke about W.E.B. Du Bois many times on this show, and he was at the NAACP. And as I brought up on uh, a couple of occasions, the NAACP uh, chairman was one uh, uh, none other than Joel Spingarn. And just for people, for a matter of record, Joel Spingarn was hired in May of 1918 and given the rank of major in the military intelligence division and ran a small unit of undercover agents who was looking for proof of subversion. So it's clear that uh, W.E.D.B. Du Bois was, for lack of a better word, being steered uh, by uh, Mr. Spingarn. But what is little known is about Tuskegee's Minton Hall. The United States Army Office of Intelligence hired a black man by the name of R.R. Moore. This is going to blow people's mind. Booker T. Washington's vice principal at Tuskegee Institute was a paid undercover intelligence officer for the United States Army whose job was to spy on Booker T because they were concerned that he was using Tuskegee and they were correct in their suspicions as a hideout for black revolutionaries away from the Klan and away from the government. Well, there's your co-intel pro right there. Yep. And so now on one side, you got uh, the boys under Joel Spingard, and on the other side, you have R.R. R. Minton. He's working at Tuskegee with uh, Booker T. Washington. Mm. Now, Tuskegee Institute, 
that is where Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiment happened. Oh, yes. <laughs> a fine moment and, in history. <laughs> and it was one of the most infamous biomedical research studies in U.S. history. It began while um, uh, uh, um, Moton headed um, the Tuskegee Institute. Um, and it says um, the experiment, it failed to tell participate, uh, to participants their diagnosis and did not treat them, even after penicillin was provided in, 19, in the 1940s to be effective against syphilis. And in 1932, Mr. R.R. R. Moton Won the spin guard medal for a NAACP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Here's a medal. So <laughs> we see these things, like I said, COINTELPRO. Uh, I'm not saying either one of these gentlemen are being steered in any way, but what I'm saying is anytime there's positive movement in the right direction by any group, let's just, I mean, because you made the point about the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. If a group does not accept it, is making traction. They're infiltrated uh, by outside forces and steered. Was this not so, also what um, Black Lives Matter was about? Exactly. It started off as a hashtag, mm-hmm. and then Soros money came in. Yeah. And then they start talking about how global warming affects black people. Yeah. Black, not, wi- black not women. Not dead no, bodies no. in the street. No, black right. women. Excuse black me. women. Yes. <laughs> Pardon yeah. me. Pardon yes. me. Yes. You are correct. Yeah. So after Mr. Um, uh, Booker T. Washington uh, was pushed to the side or stepped away, W.E.B. Du Bois started um, warring with Marcus Garvey. In a world when a black mass movement was deemed a threat to the United States, there came the tiger, Marcus Garvey. Up, you mighty race. You can accomplish what you will. Africa for the African. Home and abroad. One God, one aim, one destiny. Then came J. Edgar Hoover. This is a dangerous man, damn radical, ungrateful, and un-American. In one of the most dangerous times in America, Marcus Garvey, codenamed the Tiger, attempted to organize a global mass exodus of Africans to return to their homeland, only to be thwarted by American officials who used techniques of infiltration and disinformation to destroy him. Hiring a force of black government agents, J. Edgar Hoover devised an infamous counterintelligence program, Pro. Now, if this works, we may have a model for all future organizations like this. Incarcerating him would not stop him. Where is the black man's government? Where is his king and kingdom? Where's the black man's president, his country, his army, and his navy? Provisional president of Africa. Not on my watch. J. Edgar Hoover had one mission. Catch the tiger. (laughs) Yeah, Marcus Garvey, man, what a great story. So, you may ask, how would J. Edgar Hoover catch Marcus Garvey? Well, he would use the first yeah. African American uh, FBI agent. Oh, of course. This month, the FBI 
FBI is marking the 100th anniversary of the hiring of the first African-American special agent. It's a chapter of the Bureau's history that is not well known, but it's relevant to what is happening inside the FBI today. CBS News Chief Justice and Homeland Security Correspondent Jeff Pegues was given a rare <laughs> access to the Bureau's archives and to top FBI officials. He's in our Washington Bureau. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Michelle. There are no known photographs of the first African-American special agent, but there is a record of his hiring a century ago. And as we look through the FBI archives, bureau officials told us that they believe there are lessons from the past that are relevant to what is happening today inside the FBI. Inside FBI headquarters in Washington is an archive room filled with hundreds of thousands of documents in this loan application for the job of special agent. It was handwritten in 1919 by James Wormley Jones. Until now, the then 35-year-old has been a footnote in the Bureau's history. According to the FBI, Jones was employed exclusively in an undercover capacity, working directly under J. Edgar Hoover. More black agents would follow Jones's footsteps into the Bureau, and they too would work undercover in the black community. Hoover would go on to become the longest-tenured FBI director, and targeting influential black Americans would become a pattern. In the 50s and 60s, Hoover targeted Martin Luther King Jr. for extensive surveillance. All right, so who is the James Wormley Jones of the ADOS movement? Well, there isn't one. And the reason why I say that is, as... With anything, you have to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. So, just a throwback clip, we have to talk about the civil rights movement and the media. As a story, the civil rights movement had it all. Good versus evil, drama, social upheaval. But at first, America's major media ignored it, especially in the South. It was our responsibility to find a way to dramatize the issue. Congressman John Lewis says that the movement's leaders realized to bring change, they needed to reach white Americans. How did you do that? As a movement, we literally put our bodies on the line. The influence on the civil rights coverage. Hank Klibanoff co-wrote The Race Beat, a book about the media and the movement. Well, race was a big story in the South beginning in the 40s and 50s. It's just that no one knew about it. Finally, by 1957, major northern newspapers discover the drama and the story. How do you feel about integrated passengers? The television networks followed. Even major southern media paid attention to the open hatred. You've got to keep the white and the black separate. And the violent response to peaceful protest. If you're going to beat us, beat us in the light of day. Beat us while the camera's on. This was Selma, Alabama, 1965, among the bloodied John Lewis. American people could not stand it to see young children and old women being knocked down by fire hoses and chased by police dogs. All right. Well, media has certainly evolved since those days, so there's many options, I guess. The way they attack black movements now is to let it play out through the media. Yeah. 
as we've seen in the New York Times story. You throw enough food for one to two, and, and then let them spot it out. Away. Right, right, right. So create so having more groups uh, throwing uh, the the red meat in this case would be mainstream press coverage. Uh, letting it all scrap it out. Yeah, yeah, it's cynical, man, but <laughs> it's the way it's going. Now, I know there's some skeptics out there like, Mo, here you go again. You know, um, but there's a guy named Mr. Lois Lomax. And what Mr. Lois Lomax was able to do was to pit MLK against Malcolm X on national television. It has been suggested also that this movement uh, preaches a gospel of violence. No, the black people in this country have been the victims of violence at the hands of the white man for 400 years. And following the ignorant uh, Negro preachers, we have thought that it was godlike to turn the other cheek to the brute that was brutalizing us. And today, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is showing black people in this country that just as the white man and every other person on this earth has God-given rights, natural rights, civil rights, any kind of rights that you can think of when it comes to defending himself, black people should have, we should have the right to defend ourselves also. And because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad makes black people brave enough, men enough to defend ourselves no matter what the odds are, the white man runs around here with the, with the doctrine that we are, Mr. Muhammad is advocating uh, 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 violence when he's actually telling Negroes to defend themselves against violent people. Reverend Martin Luther King preaches a doctrine of non-violent insistence upon the rights of the American Negro. What is your attitude toward this philosophy? The white man pays Reverend Martin Luther King, subsidizes Reverend Martin Luther King, so that Reverend Martin Luther King can continue to teach the Negroes to be defenseless. That's what you mean by nonviolent. Be defenseless. Be defenseless in the face of one of the most cruel uh, beasts that has ever taken the people into captivity. That's this American white man. And they have proved it throughout the country by the police dogs and the police clubs. A uh, hundred years ago, they used to put on a white sheet and use a bloodhound against Negroes. Today, they have taken off the white sheet and put on police uniforms. They've uh, traded in the bloodhounds for police dogs, and they're still doing the same thing. And just as Uncle Tom, back during slavery, used to keep the Negroes from resisting the bloodhound or resisting the Ku Klux Klan by teaching them to, to love their enemy or pray for those who use them despitefully, today, uh, Martin Luther King is just a 20th century or modern Uncle Tom or a religious Uncle Tom who is doing the same thing today to keep Negroes defenseless in the face of attack that Uncle Tom did on the plantation to keep those Negroes defenseless in the in the face of the attack of the Klan in that day. Another interesting so, guy. Very interesting. Never heard of but, him before, of course. This is good. First American, first African American journalist. Yes. So you bring them on television, you throw them a question, well, what do you think about that King guy? <laughs> and then you sit back and like, you know. Um, let it roll. Let, right, let it roll. Now, I'll say the same thing I said about the two gentlemen in modern day times. They could have had a conversation behind the scenes uh, and not through the media. Because when you give it to the, as we all know, and if you don't know, when you give it to the media, they can clip it and Man, edit it and make sure. it seem any way possible. So Mr. Lois Lomax didn't stop there because he had Mr. King on. Malcolm X 
one of the most articulate exponents of the black Muslim philosophy, has said of your movement and your philosophy that it uh, plays into the hands of the white oppressors, that uh, they are happy to hear you talk about love for the oppressor because this disarms the Negro and fits into the stereotype of the Negro as a meat turning the other cheek sort of creature. Would you care to comment on Mr. X's belief? Well, I don't think of uh, love as, uh, in this context, as emotional bosh. I don't think of it as uh, a weak force. But I, I think of love as something strong and that organizes itself into powerful uh, direct action. Now, this is what I try to teach in the struggle in the South, that uh, we are not engaged uh, in a struggle that means we sit down and do nothing. Uh, that there's a great deal of difference between non-resistance to evil and non-violent resistance. Uh, non-resistance leaves, uh, leaves you in a state of stagnant passivity and deadening complacency, wherein non-violent resistance means that you do resist in a very strong and determined manner. And I think some of the uh, criticisms of uh, nonviolence, or some of the critics, fail to realize uh, that we are talking about something very strong, and they confuse non-resistance with non-violent resistance. Hmm. So you saw Mr. Lomax bring Martin on, saying, "Hey, you heard what King said about you?" Yeah, oh yeah, he was, he was stirring the pot. Stir in the pot, let him sit back. And, of course, I'm sure that these two gentlemen were able to sit down. They could have um, came to some resolution. But what you have to look at is the group of people looking up to these two guys at the time. It's like now you have to choose one side or the other. Right. Which divides the group, make, weakens the group, and like I said, this is nothing exclusive to Black America. Um, you see it in every civil war created uh, across the globe. Uh, the powers that be go in and power and arm one side of the con conflict uh, and let them have it out with the other side um, of the conflict. And what's, what's new and uh, and I, yeah, interestingly different today, of course, is that arming comes from, you know, s status on social media, reach on social media. Uh, perhaps, you know, there's some weaponization going on there with uh, promotion or 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 deplatforming. God knows. But it's uh, it's, it seems like a repetition of history. Well, if the same trick works, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you just tweak it. I mean, you just tweak it a little bit. Um, well, how come uh, how come Tone doesn't see this? How come to do they not see this? Or they they're just too wrapped up in their own movements? Well, they're human. Yeah, and ego. That's top of the list. Is the flaw of humans yeah and it gets in the way of actual you know progress 
I'm sure MLK and Malcolm knew better, but ego, you know, it yeah. gets in the way. Uh, but what I would want everybody to do, and the reason why the, 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 this this reason why I made this episode, because I didn't want to add fuel to the fire, right? Mm. If we're talking about a counterintelligence program, or you know, you don't want to the, the what you adding gas to the fire doesn't help it. What I want to do is put a blanket on the fire. Let's listen to the elders. Let's listen to Mr. Neely Fuller. That's why I use his clips. You know, he's he's warning us. They're going to throw um, just enough food for half of us. Let's not fight over it. Right. And on the other hand, let's listen to Mr. Dr. Claude Anderson. If politics don't benefit us, then, then what the hell are we doing? Politics is a very simple process that says, I would define for you on who's going to get the benefits out of life. It's based on a simple premise of quid pro quo. Yeah. Something for something. One hand washes the other. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You vote for me, I'll, I'll, I'll support you and do something for you. Black people are the only people that have never played politics to win. Isn't it interesting that quid pro quo is, is now this incredibly dirty term based on current events with uh, uh, Trump and Ukraine. Whereas that's exa- it's exactly what, what everyone should be asking for in politics. When asked for a vote, there's a quid pro quo. And isn't it funny the same tricks now are being played? No, on... no, it's not funny. It's disheartening. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. disheartening. Isn't it, but isn't it weird... That you're made funny is not the right word. That we're seeing the same tactics used here. They're trying to get somebody to flip on Trump. Yeah. It's the same thing, divide and conquer. You know, they're bringing all these guys in, Stone and Manafort and all the guys like, who's going to flip? Yeah. And they they use, well, he said this about Trump. He said that about Trump. When this guy leaves, when he leaves, um, when he leaves a post or relief from his post, you know, they, they, everything negative said about him, you know, it, it creates a book. So it's the same, like I said, it's the same tactics. So we're being hoodwinked. <laughs> yes, you have. He has been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So where do, where does that leave you, Mo? I mean, you, you've been very clear that you know you consider your, now the terminology you're using is native black because ADOS has become too too weighted with the with it being a, a group and a, a definition. Uh, I, I understand that this show is, of course, doing something about that just by pointing out what's going on. Uh, but that that must be very disappointing for you to see this. It was expected. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not being cynical. What no, I'm no, saying no, no, no. It's, it's of course, and that's why I always made the distinction. I'm ADOS, not the group ADOS, mm-hmm. because I saw this coming. Uh, of it becoming a group, when you start seeing chapters form, and not to say anything bad about it, but it's just Black Lives does matter. But I don't support the group. Right. 
I, it's, it, it, you get where I'm, get where I'm going with yes, this? Yes, so of course, of course. Where it leaves me at, um, where it le- you at to actually answer your question, where it leaves me at is on code. That's where it leaves me at. That's where I've always been. If it's beneficial to my group of people, I'm all, I'm all for it. But I will tell you this, the Democrats are playing a very dangerous game. Yeah, it could backfire. It could backfire very easily. Where we talked about the negative vote, you might actually create positive votes in the form the of opposition. one Donald Trump. Yes, for the opposition. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so, oh, so that is interesting. <laughs> so, um, the situation as is, uh, I'll just call it the black vote, and with that, I mean foundational black, native black, uh, ADOS, the definition. Uh, mm-hmm. being splintered uh, and perhaps to such a degree that everybody throws their hands up in disgust and says, you know what, Democrats, screw you. We're going to vote it for the other guy. There's a real segment of people that could possibly do that because everybody's not blind to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And we know who funded that New York Times article well, or who, who, who the inspiration was. Who? The Democratic Party. <laughs> <laughs> I but I want to nail a name to the to the to the fence. You know, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable. It, it's actually it's un-American what's happening here. Or actually, well, no, well, it's it's you, you, quintessentially American. Actually, if you look at the history, uh, because it's it's what's been done throughout throughout uh, throughout the ages. Well, I'm reading through this paper, right, and I see no mention of 2016 election Hillary Clinton. So I don't think it's her. <laughs> right. No, because if you're going to do it, you're going to say, you know, the, the, no, it's, this kind of thing costs me, you know what I'm saying, the, right. the election. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm just, I'm just speaking out of uh, what uh, observation now. This thing, if I had to put a name on it, the Obama camp, because I said with the timing of... um, Yeah. Of um of of his the woke, the Deval Pat the Deval Patrick the woke yeah yeah everything all together. Mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. it's like bang 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 and here we are. So we should take Deval Patrick extremely serious if he has this kind of support behind him with this type of coordination. Although I don't know how well it worked in this case. Uh, you, you certainly noticed. Well, you're still going to have a certain segment of people. And, and what they're trying to do is, I think the numbers, and don't quote me on these numbers, I think it was 67% turnout. Mm-hmm. They're trying to hit that number. 59 was in 2016 with the turnout. So you just got to get it over 59. Yeah. So what they had to do now is just stop the bleeding. Because they're like, if we go into 59, we're not going to win. And you then you factor in, you put a black candidate up, sprinkle some Obama dust on him. <laughs> <laughs> and you might can get back to about 63 64 right right well that jam this makes it this makes it even more interesting and i have not seen this kind of analysis anywhere mo congratulations on doing this and it's complicated i mean and this names i'm learning all these new names people i've never heard of before yeah um wow well, I, I guess so, we'll, we'll just have to keep our eye on it and see how this progresses, because uh, this is not over, folks. This is not over. It's it's just starting, yeah. and we're still waiting on the swoop. 
Yep. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> the swoop from Hillary, we'll see if that happens. You know, we have a couple other players, but yes, indeed. Uh, Maybe she was pre-swooped. Could be. I mean, the timing. And, that, and that'd be very, Obet be very Obama. Very Obama-esque. You're so right that she was ready to <laughs> swoop. And who swoops in? Well, you got Bloomberg. I don't know what he's doing. But Deval Patrick came out of left field. He's got, And his packaging is almost perfect. And I say almost because I don't have an example of it. Man, his voice is 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 off. It's really and I, wimpy. And I think he's ADOS, though. No, so I, he has that going for him that even a, that Obama didn't have going for him. Right, so, right, right, right. Um, wow, yeah. that could be an interesting, that could be a, 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 a swoop on the swoop. <laughs> a pre-swoop. <laughs> Fantastic. Mo, thank you for uh, for for pulling all of that apart for us so that we could uh, look inside into this co-intel pro that is clearly taking place. Uh, shame on the New York Times, but yeah, go figure, it's what it is. And, uh, well, all we can do is is hope for some positive developments. Uh, in one way or the other, something is definitely going to play out. It always does. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. And we'll be telling you all about it right here on MoFax with Adam Curry. Remember, we are a value for value podcast. Go to MoFundMe.com, M-O-E, FundMe.com and uh, consider supporting the work that is clearly being done. And always check back at mofax.com for a brand new episode, which uh, usually occurs every week. Talk to you next Monday, Mo. All right, see you later, Adam. Thank you.